It's time. The family's going to Blockbuster. What do you want to get? You want to get a video game? You want to get a series or something? What movie do you want? Look, you're my dumb six-year-old ass. You're written Biodome every single time. Now we're going to go over my shame on audience requests. We're making it happen. Now that my compatriots and I have been properly re-traumatized or traumatized for the first time, I'm here with Brittany. Hello, hello. And Amber. Hello. And I'm Lilith. This was a fun ride. <laughs> It exists. <laughs> this is a movie that exists. Yeah. Normally, during this part, we'd have a Britney breakdown, but because it is my shame, it is my responsibility. <laughs> To give the breakdown for this movie. The general idea is that there is this ecological science project that's going on. It is a self-contained biodome that is supposed to have, I want to say it's like five scientists that live there for one year, maintaining this equilibrium inside of the biodome. And they're basically just seeing if they can have a sustainable ecosystem. Uh, enter our protagonist, which is like, the kindest way to describe them, is protagonist. <laughs> because they are the main characters in this movie, but they're two dumbasses that need to take a leak and end up inside of the biodome reaping havoc and destroying everything that these poor scientists work to create. And then basically trying to undo all of that garbage, all of the damage they did to the science project. That's about it. I took five pages of notes while we were watching this, Lilith. They're all like single lines, but that opening was aggressively 90s with a huge flash warning. And it is like three whole minutes before that movie starts. It's a very long intro. It is. Title thing. Yeah. That was the best part of the movie. <laughs> That was the best part of the movie because the soundtrack is a bop. And I'll tell you why it's a bop because early 90s was peak pop punk and ska. So it was mm -hmm. a very solid soundtrack that I would 10 out of 10 listen to while playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. I liked the flashing symbols. It was a lot of flashing astrological symbols. And it felt a little brainwashy, but you know what? I was there for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the only part that you were there for because oh, you're taking uh, on my role this time as the yeah. resident oh, yeah. hater. Yeah. Let me put on my hater cap and you know what? I'll just go ahead and pull some peak Britneyisms out of my live thread when I was watching it the other night. I literally started off with the quality of this movie sucks. I get it's the 90s, but big oof because that camera quality was, it was just, it was bad. Some movies back in the day were recorded in 4K and stuff like that. This was not. This is recorded on a potato. I'm positive I mentioned this a few times that the movie so far isn't even funny. These dudes are hella annoying and gross, and also their girlfriends need to break up with them. Their girlfriends needed to break up with them a lot, according to me mm. in this thread. Yeah. Bud and Doyle <laughs> are so fucking stupid. If I were the scientist, I have murdered them by now. I mean, uh, they tried. Mm. Uh, yeah. They th this yeah. this is my favorite part. They were just doing fucking nitrous. Just sitting there. Oh, yeah. Doing the fucking nitrous. And then Tenacious D showed up, so that was kind of cool. I like that part. Jack Black mm -hmm. kind of brought it back a little bit. But then they're throwing a whole ass rager and a multi-million dollar science experiment while their two good-for-them girlfriends clean up after them because they care about the environment. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is my 13th reason why. 
because why the fuck are these girls who are pretty cute exasquinchal I can't pronounce words but that's fine leave it I like squinchal it sounds great but why have these girls in this movie cute pretty perfectly 90s ladies with these douchebags absolute fucking douchebags perfectly okay. 90s <laughs> Perfectly 90s. <laughs> Perfectly 90s. And then these dudes come out and they're like, man, we really fucked up everything. Let's use our frat boy math to fix the mess we created and let it be our shittiest redemption arc I've ever seen. Why the fuck? Because they're like, here, let me just use all my used cigarette buds and make a filter. Yeah, that's really going to create fucking oxygen there. Stupid. <laughs> Were they trying to filter you know? the water with that? Yeah, they're trying to filter it they're the trying water to do something. I don't even care. Yeah. I don't even care at this point. <laughs> They didn't even end up needing it at the end, the cigarette filter, because they found another way to do the thing. And yeah, it's like, well, at least you picked up the cigarette butts. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you know, their girlfriends have been ride or die this entire fucking time, right? They've been like, you know, but Doyle, we're, we're going to stick beside you. We're so proud of you. You're doing this environmental thing. And, you know, they fuck up, have the rager. They make up with the girlfriends somehow because the girlfriends are too good too pure and, and then they're just gonna cheat on their girlfriends you know that's cool 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 i love that they're just gonna cheat on these nice girls with these scientist hoes I, the fuck? I mean one of them was oh, kylie minogue so yeah i was about to say one of them is kylie minogue but... oh, sucked. <laughs> i was thinking about that when i was watching this they treat their girlfriends so bad the whole time i'm just like they deserve better because they love the environment they want to do good in the world they're nice girls they have some interesting outfits. It's very 90s. Yeah, it was very, yeah. very 90s, you know, Chinko jeans. It's stuff we would have wore then. It's crazy to me that at the end of the movie, they ruin the multi-million dollar experiment. They get away with treating their girlfriends like absolute shit. So somehow they get fucking rewarded in the end. Fuck this movie. <laughs> the redemption was definitely not enough for them to get rewarded. My first couple notes about this movie was, first of all, not the white boy dreads, Doyle Y, the fucking puka shell necklaces, because it makes oh. me feel old and then my note for britney i fucking love polly shore i fucking hate <laughs> polly shore and i'll tell you why i hate polly shore because the motherfucker's not an actor he's not an actor he's a gimmick people cast him because of the type of voice he does because think about it his early 90 movies biodome sucks and Cino man sucks son-in-law sucks you know what you have that he's good in fucking the goofy movie why because he's a voice and he's the dude going <laughs> leaning chow Pizza. Like, yeah. I love that part. That's <laughs> because we like Molly Shore. Yeah. It's good. It's fine. But guess why his short, why that, oh my God, I lost my train of thought. Here we go. Why that, <laughs> no, I'm a fucking mess. Angering the thoughts right out of I'm your head. Ang I'm angering the thoughts right out of my head. That is correct. Seriously, the only reason why that works so well for him is because it's a short part. You get his iconic voice because his voice is iconic. It I is, can't yeah. shit on that. It is an iconic voice. And everybody's like, yay, cool. And then you don't have to hear from him anymore. He's not fucking else in the movie. Even an extremely goofy movie. You get him for fucking two scenes. So, yeah, he's good in the Goofy movies. And you know what else he was good in? Casper meets Wendy. And that's it. All his other discography fucking sucks. <laughs> I love how angry you are about watching this. When Lilith and I were watching this, I was messaging one of my friends and I was like, we're watching Biodome for a podcast episode. And he was like, I'm so fucking sorry. Why are you doing that? And I was like, it was requested. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, you know, if I wanted a movie like this where you get two best friends that are idiots, you know what I would have watched instead? That's just a few years older? Fucking dude, where's my car? I would have watched fucking dude, where's my car over this and been more entertained. And you know why? Really? I absolutely would have. I actually own the movie because <laughs> Jesse and Chester, while they still suck, they're not like these two assholes. Oh my God. <laughs> they're just trying to recreate their bender so they can remember what happened and they ended up on a whirlwind crazy ass drunk adventure okay i can kind of get down with that it's not a good movie it gets me some chuckles i'm entertained i'm not even entertained look cookie's even mad she's fucking yelling but uh (laughs) but yeah cookie backing you up the movie sucked cookie i understand lilith do you want to get some more into each of our notes because i think we took somewhat detailed notes as we were going i have a lot of one-liners mine pretty much tell the story of the entire fucking movie yeah the one girlfriend her name was monique and that was my mom's one cat's name so i was like oh hey but she also had the most sticky outy nipples i've ever fucking seen in my life she could cut diamonds with those things (laughs) i was thinking that she looked really familiar when i was watching it and i think i pretty much recognize her from switched at birth i saw that she was in chasing amy but i actually have not seen that even though i've heard it is a good movie but i don't know I like Chasing Amy. It is pretty good. I think they won an Oscar for that. Um, Can we talk about the gross scene? Can we talk about the toes for a minute? Oh my gosh. Which one? There's so many gross scenes. The toes. It made me dry heave. And I had to watch it twice because I had to start that movie over to have Lilith join. Oh yeah, I'm so sorry. Holly Short just fucking chewing with his mouth open was also a 13th reason for me. Because he just like, meh, meh, meh. And I'd be like, oh my god. Was it like Doyle that was trying to chew Polly Shore's like, nails? Yeah. Like toe, toe like nails? The, the like yeah. spin around his toes and he like, uh, uh, he like, uh, yeah. <laughs> he like actually pulled off a piece. Slurpage. <laughs> and see, I, yeah. I should have known right away that it wasn't going to be good because not only did it have fucking Polly Shore in it, but it also had Stephen Baldwin, who is the lesser Baldwin brother. He's not the good one. Fucking forgot <laughs> again that there was a Baldwin in this movie. Doyle is Stephen Baldwin. I know. We talked about it. This is why he barely has an acting career is because you're seeing the extent of his talent right there. Alec Baldwin actually told him that this movie would ruin his career. Should have listened to his brother. To an extent, it might have. Well, you know what it did? It made him find Jesus because all of the movies that he did after that, other than like one of them, he did one sort of well-known movie after that. After that, he does a bunch of religious movies. He starts being in religious movies all of a sudden. Paul marked it up. It's not really like a good movie, but it was a movie that people know of. He was in the Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas. Right. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> As Barney Rubble. That was probably the last thing that he was in that people know about. After that, it was just a lot of random stuff and a lot of super religious movies. That's not even the good Flintstones. Everybody I know that watched both Flintstones didn't like Viva Rock Vegas because they like replaced half the cast. Yeah. Mm, makes sense. But yeah, he just found Jesus and started doing a bunch of religious movies, apparently. Chew on toes for one movie and then you find Jesus. Yeah. You know who did a bad movie? Polly Shore. He did the <laughs> 2022 Pinocchio with the really bad acting. You know what? Hold on. I'm going to find it real quick. 
No, I'm going to ruin everyone's ears right the fuck now. Oh, is that the like, I need to get out on my own? Uh, is it that one? Yep. Father, when can I leave to be on my own? Uh-huh. I love it, though. Shitty movie. Pinocchio, a true story. It came out in 2022. Yeah. I didn't see that one because, I mean, Guillermo del Toro came out with a good one, I think, the same year. Yeah, I loved that. Actually, around the same time. And let me yeah. tell you which yeah. one I picked. It's del Toro's. Beautiful. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Love that Pinocchio. Holly Shore's Pinocchio. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but, like, you had to enjoy the girlfriends lying about the hot swim team dudes to make the boyfriends jealous and make them come out to try to like get them out to do the cleaning up stuff that they were supposed to be doing. Talking about the girlfriends, they're sitting at a table with beers and those dudes came up. They're obviously scheming to get with them because Bud and Doyle's out of the picture. They're clearly scheming that. So they're like yeah. pretending to really love the earth or whatever. I was rooting for those guys. They want you to. They were so much better. But they weren't. They were lying. They were pretty much the same stuff as Bud and Doyle. That's how bad Bud and Doyle is to me I'd rather those dicks lies See, and all they weren't tricking me in the beginning I knew they were using them but even then I was like they're still better this movie absolutely won me over in the weirdest way because when they're in the car they say something and one of the guys just goes think it goes both ways I don't know but we do and they go like and, and I was like <laughs> yes by reference male by reference in my 90s movie <laughs> they also call the Popo Goon Bacon Boy, and that's fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah, I wrote that one down, too. Bacon Boy is a good one. Yeah. I have to give it that one. That one was kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. You're not supposed to like them. I don't even know if you're supposed to root for them necessarily, but they definitely make sure that you don't like them in the beginning. They have them, like, eating feet and stuff. Like, <laughs> they're definitely really Yeah, like, like he throws really the firework out the window and kills the bunny, and they just throw a cup out, and he's like, hey, don't do that. There's a coupon on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, like you're yeah. not supposed to like these men. They very much established in the beginning, these are not good people. They don't treat the girlfriends right. Their girlfriends are way too good for them. And I think that was yeah. part of what they were trying to put in there too, is like their girlfriends are way too good for them. Yeah, their girlfriends were way too good for them. Absolutely. I think part of the problem is that you set up people to be bad in the beginning. But if you want the payoff to matter, there has to be an adequate compensation for the things that you make them do in the beginning to make them redeemable at the end. I don't think that they got to that point. No. They didn't do enough. They just used Frapway math to do the redemption arc and I'm just like don't reward these fucks. Let's not do that. The biodome is an introvert's dream though because it fully enclosed and self-sustainable. Oh yeah. That building is a real place. You can visit the biodome in California. It is the Donald C. Tillman Water Reclamation Plant in Van Nuys, California. Van Nuys. Van Nuys. We don't know how to say shit in California. We're from Ohio. <laughs> I only know about that because they say it in the movie once. I think this movie is the only time I've even heard of Van Nuys. <laughs> it could be that you're saying it right, and I'm not, but I'm just pronouncing it the way that they pronounce it in the movie. I don't fucking know. We're probably <laughs> both wrong. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I did like a couple of the scientists, though, because like there was, I don't fucking know her name, but the one lady scientist had like a really nice husky voice, and I was just like, chef's kiss. Oh, yeah. I liked the bug guy. The bug guy was the bug great. Guy 
guy. The poor bug guy. I felt so bad for him. Yeah. When Bud and Doyle fucking ruined all of his research and let loose all of those bugs and then killed them. Yeah, I feel bad for him too because Bud and Doyle fucking suck. They really yeah. screwed him over. Also, I like how his prize butterfly that he was trying to get to mate was really just like a regular swallowtail, yeah. I think. Yeah, it was just a yellow swallowtail. It wasn't a special <laughs> butterfly. That was kind of funny. How many people yeah. just watching that movie are going to know that though? Not many. We did. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we like, did because we're like well, mentally ill as fuck, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid and I was renting this, oh, <laughs> like every time, the things that I liked about it were Polly Shore because his voice and back in the day, somebody had a crazy voice and was just saying crazy shit all the time. I was all about it. Like, I really liked Ace Ventura Pet Detective. We will not do an episode on that because I cannot stomach <laughs> attempting to watch that movie again because of just how anti-trans it is just right from the fucking rip. What I was focusing on as a kid was them doing crazy voices and saying crazy shit. And most of the reason why I like this movie is because it was the first time I heard the song Safety Dance. <laughs> That's my favorite tidbit that I've gotten from this because we're watching this and I'm just like, well, if you watch this as a kid multiple times and they were like, yeah, yeah. And then Safety Dance comes on and they're like, yeah, this is why. And I'm like, fucking Safety Dance? Yeah. There's so much that thankfully went over your head as a kid, like the flashback to the leash and collar thing with Bud and Doyle. I was like, fuck yeah, first of all. Yes. <laughs> and then there was the part where Doyle was talking about doing oral, I think, and he pretends like he's doing a guitar, doing this thing with his tongue. Yeah. And as a kid, I literally thought he was talking about playing a guitar. That went totally <laughs> over my head. Yeah. They had the idea about the bio condoms, which I forgot to look that up, but that 100% exists. He said a thing about having someone be like thigh deep in tofu oh yeah the dude that they were talking to through the glass he was feeling it oh like, yeah he was he like taking notes on this shit for like yes Bud and Doyle action figures and have a commercial with them thigh deep in tofu bio condoms hmm yes Bud and Doyle <laughs> kind of do this sexy like ASMR pitch and the dude that they're talking to looked like he was kind of getting turned on by it he like brings a cigarette up to his lips and the, the moment passes yeah. like, oh, oh wait what was I doing another thing that this influenced for you is is the Spider-Man theme. Yes. Because the Spider-Man theme was everywhere. I'm pretty sure that I use the Spider-Man theme as a vocal stem all the time because of this movie. <laughs> I believe it. The other thing I could think of off the top of my head. So I love nature and science and stuff like that. So I like the idea of the biodome and there being like a science experiment. And I guess Kid Me was excited about the prospect of all that stuff and seeing the scientists. And even though I was entertained, I guess, by the, <laughs> the two main characters being stupid, but the actual scenery was really cool. Like the actual biodome itself. I love conservatories and walking through them oh, yeah. and seeing all the pretty plants. The movie basically takes place inside of a conservatory. Yeah, but there's like animals and shit in there too. They were like playing golf and they were using the goat as the caddy. Oh, they used the goat as a caddy. Yeah, and they called him <laughs> Billy. Oh, I like how them peeing into the waterfall at the beginning was like... It threw off all the shit. It was enough to bring the system from 100% homeostasis down to 99.1% homeostasis. Yeah. Just having his pee specifically <laughs> in the water system, I think. Yeah. My head cannon when that was going on and just seeing how much it knocked off their uh, homeostasis, I was like, wow, he must have had some toxic shit in there. <laughs> yeah. When they crawled through the vents and busted into those snacks that we never figured out why those crash snacks were in there. That's when they also get into the laughing gas and the random big ass needle. My note here just says, don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. 
I think the outside of the door said that it was supposed to be like their medical supplies. So maybe the snacks were in there in case someone was, I don't know, maybe having a medical event like needed some kind of thing that would be easy for them to eat. I don't know. I figure that snacks are probably there for the once in a while when they want something different. Yeah. Just throughout the entire year to give them something to just once in a blue moon get. But yeah, it was like full of medical supplies too, which is where the needle and the nitrous comes from. And then they get caught and the lead scientist what was his name like Faulkner yeah Noah throws them into the quote unquote fake desert and they're like we're gonna die the desert biome probably doesn't have a lot of shit in there even the other scientists were like they're just gonna die out there and they probably would they're pretty helpless yeah and the facility itself is already in the desert so that was legitimate desert yeah if it's supposed to mimic desert I mean it would get below freezing at night yeah they were cold at night and they would get dehydrated but they were only out there for like a day. I see why they were worried about them being left in the desert because anybody left in the desert would pretty much perish even if they just broke down on the side of the road of a desert and tried to wander. It was like a Grey's Anatomy episode. Speaking of which, the other thing that this director is known for is directing a sub of Grey's Anatomy. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Surprise. That's funny. Great. But that was also the point where you discover that the uh, lead scientist is super fucking crazy because his response to the other scientist's concerns is that he is culling the herd. Yeah. You know what, though? I got it. I understood where he was coming from. Living with Bud and Doyle for how many days? I get it. I get it. He's a good villain because they kind of give you some hints early on that he might be a little unstable. Yeah. Little bits and pieces that make it seem like okay he might be a little bit off no but he goes full fucking crazy and i was here for it that yeah. was great i don't blame him going fully feral the way that he did because he built this experiment he spent all of this time and effort on it i'm sure only to have these two dumbass people come in out of nowhere and just blow the whole fucking thing up yeah also the key just randomly being in the glass in the desert biosphere i think the scientist noah left it there on purpose You think so? I think he did. I think he left it there on purpose, hoping the motherfuckers would see themselves out. You know, I could see that potentially being a thing. He was the one that wanted to exile them to that specific place. And I could see him maybe knowing that they would not want to stay in there and try to leave. I think he had the key, being the head scientist. He planted it there and threw them out there and figured, well, they'll either find it and leave, and I don't have to deal with the dumb fucks, or they'll perish, and I don't have to deal with the dumb fucks. (laughs) They had so many parking tickets, though. Oh, yeah. They didn't even park in a space. No, I also had a note earlier that I forgot to mention. Who the fuck was going to pay their bills while they were in the biodome for a year? Which I forget which one of them said, but one of them said 385 days when they were told a year and nobody corrected them. The one scientist was just like, yes, a year. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Because I think I even didn't think about it being the wrong amount of days, whatever happened. Yeah, it's very wrong. Um, It's interesting. That Tenacious D cameo, didn't we find out that was their first time on screen? That was their on-screen debut as Tenacious D. Yeah. Very first time. Yeah, it like got to that scene and I was like, that is Jack Black. That is definitely Jack Black singing. And then I saw them in the background and I was like, Tenacious D! Yes. Oh yeah, and then Rose McGowan shows up looking like a freaking 30s housewife. Yes. With her white gloves and everything. They have some folks in this. They 
did. And they ruined it with Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin. Literally could have picked any other two dudes and it probably would have been better. I think Polly Shore was exactly the kind of person that they needed for that specific kind of role. Oh, yeah. He's just so gross. They're supposed to be annoying. And Polly Shore's thing Very is kind annoying. of being the annoying one. <laughs> He's rambunctious. He has the voice. You know, that's just kind of how he do. Too annoying for me. Yeah. Then you get into the part of the movie where I actually like started to think, hey, this movie kind of has a point because when they have the party in the biodome and they wreck the biodome, they then say, hey, but it's accurate now because in here you just had it be perfect and that's not how the world is. We've already kind of like fucked up out there. So now it's accurate. And I literally my note says not this idiot having a good point about the dome being accurate now. Yeah, really? And then the other idiot eating the fucking key. He raw dogged that key. He did, but it seems like he is used to eating untoward things. Yeah, but that was the point that I was like, they're trying to make this movie have an actual point because then they're like, no, we're not going to come out. We're going to fucking fix it. And at one point they show the percentage of it being back to like 69%. And I was just like, nice. Um, (laughs) They had to show that one. They grow the giant weed plant, which is ahead of its time for when this came out. Smoke weed every day. Oh, yeah. And actually, I will say that they made a pitch for growing the purple sticky punch. Yes. Cannabis tree in the biodome. And I feel like it was actually a decent presentation. They had some points. Because they were like, it's not just for this. You can like make stuff out of it. You can make rope and clothing and all this stuff. And I was like, this was the 90s. And this was really fucking far ahead of its time. Yeah. And they got to grow their purple sticky punch. They did. And it was fucking huge. They never actually said what it was. So when I was a kid I just thought purple sticky punch was just a plant (laughs) a plant just like a regular plant and I was like oh that's a pretty cool name for a plant surprise we know what plant it is now we do now we do yeah Faulkner going insane was one of my favorite parts because there's the bird. Oh, and then that part was awesome. He fucking ate the bird. <laughs> he awesome. napped and it was great. They were so annoying and life ruining that they literally broke this man. Whatever sanity he had left was just yeah. gone. And he made coconut bomb. He went fully feral. And I thought it was funny because the parrot was saying, I'm God. Yeah. Which is just because he keeps saying, I'm God. So then he starts arguing arguing with the parrot because he's just fully gone feral and lost his damn mind. He's like, no, I'm God. And then they cut to another scene and they cut back and he's wearing a headdress made of the parrot feathers with a parrot beak in the front and he's eating a little fucking parrot chicken wing and yeah. he's like, no, I'm God. Yeah. <laughs> he won. When he goes out and like convinces them to help put the coconut bombs around and then they realize it, that's when one of the like best lines was said because they say, we gotta stop that mother Faulkner. Oh, I didn't even catch that. It was so good. I immediately, I was like typing it in my notes. I was like, fuck yeah, this is good. This is gold. (laughs) Nice. I have so many notes that just say this man went feral. Yeah. Just like runs off into the desert. And I was just like, feral man running off into the desert is a mood. That was the descriptive word I used, feral, because that is just a perfect encapsulation of what happened to him. There's no other way to say it. This poor scientist with this glorious mullet went absolutely goddamn feral. Yeah. Also, I liked how the computer even started saying things like all hell is breaking loose. Yeah. Even the computer isn't speaking in a computery way anymore. Yeah. It kind of goes along with all the scientists because 
becoming less scientific. They became like less rigid and kind of like embraced the guys and actually became friends with them because the girls did end up trying to sleep with the guys. But because there was character development, they were like, no, we have girlfriends. Sort of. That's a soft sort of. Then the girls climb on them. To be fair, the women knew that they had girlfriends too. So everybody there was guilty. It still doesn't matter to me because the thing is, is the person that's supposed to be loyal are the guys because they're in the relationship. And that scenario, it comes down to loyalty. So they don't have loyalty because they suck. Because of how shitty they were the entire time to that point, I really didn't think initially that they were going to stop that shit. I thought that they would just go along with it. They started hitting on them immediately. Yeah. Minutes after the door closed, they were hitting on them the entire time. Yeah. So I was really thinking that they were just going to go ahead and do it. And don't forget all of the gross sexual harassment. Let's talk about that. And that's another reason why I find this movie so disgusting. There is Because it's actual harassment. It's actual molestation. And it's gross. But you see, Brittany, at the time it was made. Yeah. You gotta remember, it was the 90s. (laughs) There is a bit of an error to it. There is. Where some of that was considered acceptable, but it doesn't stop it from still being gross. Yeah, it was gross. Like when they snuck into the beds and shit. Can I respect that it's the era? I know you're trying to make a point, Lilith, but this is a very extreme example <laughs> because they literally molested them. No, I'm just saying, welcome to the point that I make all the time. <laughs> oh no, that is a thing that you say all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm just using Brittany's point. I just saw an opportunity. Because it's not like a little bit of a gross joke, though, how they used to just throw out. It is gross. It's literally like why I'm in bed with them because, of course, the scientist ladies sleep naked. Why wouldn't they? They weren't naked. They looked naked under the sheets. I mean, the guys weren't. I thought the girls were when they were laying in the bed. They were in like a cami and panties, I think. Okay. Well, Mm. still, they climb in and then just start groping on her boobs and stuff. Yeah, it was gross. The thing that I really hated about those specific type of movies, and I'm going to bring up Porky's, right? Because they just casually slip in a little rapey scene and think everything's all hunky-dory. Yeah, because that was like a thing. Revenge of the Nerds? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Revenge of the Nerds was really popular and it did do really bad stuff. It made me so uncomfy because of that specific scene. Yeah. Yeah. I get a lot of movies did that in the era, you know, and some people can look past it. I can't. It's too much for even my sensibilities. Yeah, like there is definitely some uncouth things. There's certain lines for me and when it gets borderline rapey, I'm just, I'm out. Yeah. No, that's fair. It's definitely not a good part of the movie. I definitely had notes about that art. That was something that definitely made me uncomfy in the rewatch, for sure. It was just how much they disrespected their girlfriends. The part that gets me is that they do the thing where they are just lecherous dudes that hit on anything that walks, but as soon as they hear tell of even the potential for dudes to be in a place where their girlfriends are, they just go wildly jealous. And I'm like... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That flavor of man is like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the type of... Yeah, it's the type of trash that is just, oh, because they're hypocritical on top of everything. Yeah, no, it's... It is very gross. (laughs) One of them at the end did kind of get me a little bit because one of them does the little pickup spin with his girlfriend when they're reunited. And I was like, oh, that's cute, but you're still fucking trash. Yeah. By the end of the movie, they still don't deserve them. You know, these men have the smelliest, dirtiest dicks. You know it. Yeah, they don't wash. (laughs) 
<laughs> These ladies, they're getting UTIs they didn't and shit. That entire year in the biodome, I would bet money on it. Probably not. Like these are men with unwashed asses. I know it. I know this. Yeah, they are definitely the unwashed ass man type. They probably don't wash their dicks. They got crusty poop holes for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they got some cheese. Mmm, slurpage in the sausage. They got some dick cheese for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. it's gross. You know it's so gross. It has to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Anything, even when I would watch these movies younger. In this one, I'm just specifically speaking on Revenge of the Nerds because you know that one's bad. Yeah. Like, you know what scene I'm talking about where that's yeah. like really uh, bad. Those specific things just is like a trigger for me. So I'm immediately turned off of a movie when it just crosses that line. Oh, no, I get it. Doesn't matter what era it is. It's just that's the line that I'm like, okay, I'm just absolutely done. I can't even forgive it. No, y'all know me. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I've had people tell me not to watch specific things just because it does get into the SA territory and they're like, I don't want you to be triggered, so let's it's... just not have you watch this. Yeah. I can't watch Rob Zombie's Halloween very specifically. Honestly, I love Rob Zombie. I feel like he is a good director, but a lot of his movies I cannot watch because he leans into what I call hillbilly horror. And if you know, you know. Yeah. You can have like shit be scary without that. Yeah. He leans really hard into the sexual violence. And yeah, I don't a lot, a lot yeah. of his movies have hardcore sexual violence. Mm. And that's just the nice way to put it. His Munsters yeah. movie, though, Chef's Kiss, it tickled <laughs> a part of my brain and I've watched it like a thousand times. Yeah. I like the movie Immortal Ad Vitam, but I would never recommend that to anyone at this point because it does have scenes in it that are, well, one scene specifically that's like an essay scene. They explicitly say it in there and they talk about it. I've seen that movie with you. It's the one yeah. in the pyramid where they're playing chess. Yeah. that's like the scene that I remember the most out of it. <laughs> yeah, because one of the main characters is just Horus. It's like a cool, crazy sci-fi movie, but there is an essay scene. They talk about it, which I think is the part that for me... The way they handled it was a lot better. Yeah, the way that they handled it was good because they didn't just let it be and let it be a thing that was just okay. Like, they talk about it. They mentioned this is, you know, no. You know, even then, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that movie, at least without a trigger warning. Yeah. Just because it's rough, you know, when it happens. I feel like in Biodome, there was so much other shit that happened that I damn near forgot how creepy the scene where they crawled into bed with the ladies was. Oh, that's imprinted in my brain. I hated that. Because I know that somebody would not survive doing that to me. I don't care how big you are or how strong you are. If you crawl into bed with me and touch me in ways that I don't want you to, you're losing your dick, sir. Yeah. And then you're eating it. Initially, when that happened, I was thinking like, oh, well, they don't have a bed. So like if they would have just been on top of the sheets next to them trying to be on a bed. Uh, but we both know that's not what they were trying to do. But it's not what they were trying to do. Yeah, it was not what they were trying to do. There is no excuse for that at all. There yeah, just like, isn't. <laughs> one of my last notes that I made when we were watching this is this movie is horrible and stupid. It is, yeah. <laughs> that's why I knew even when I said it that it is my shame. Yeah. Before you guys even watched it, I was like, I'm sorry ahead of time. I will give them that in the weirdest and stupidest fucking way, they were trying to show that we can unfuck the planet. I think a little bit they were trying to show that. They just did it so horribly. There was so much weird shit. It's a bit of a silver lining because even though they were saying that their goal was to like figure out how to save the planet at the beginning, realistically, a project like 
that, that's not really what they would be trying to do. It would be something other than that. But at least there was some kind of a justification for continuing the project after it had been fucked. So there yeah. was at least like a new purpose for it to, you know, exist and be happening to an extent. I don't know how much scientific evidence for anything you could get out of it per se, but you know. You could look up the thing that it's based off of and see that because you brought up that it was based off of Biosphere 2. Yes. Which is an American Earth System Science Research Facility located in Oracle, Arizona. Yeah. Do you know how hard it was for me to not just say Arizona? I watched too much what we do in the show. This is the way we talk in Tucson, Arizona. I love that show. Oh my I God. almost did it. I almost did it right there. I'm literally Laszlo. Laszlo is my spirit animal. Brittany introduced me to that show and so um, good. I like binged it when I got home from visiting. I love Colin. Oh, yeah. Guillermo yeah. is the fucking best. I love him. His character is so good. Yeah. I love how much he can say just looking at the camera. Oh, yeah. Like, so good. He doesn't yeah. have to say anything and his acting does all of the work for him. Um, you yeah. can visit Biosphere 2. Oh, shit. Just so you know. So you can visit the place where Biodome happened and the real Biosphere 2. I fucking would. This place sounds rad. It does. So the original project was supposed to be for space colonization. It was supposed to be a closed system, similar to what they might have on like a big space station if they made a sort of place like what was in there on a spaceship so that people would have a self-sustaining system that they would be able to just exist out in space without having to come back for provisions and stuff like that. So for that, that was out the window <laughs> once the door was opened. But giving it a new purpose, coming up with a new idea for what the biodome could be used for at least did something. So there was some kind of science happening still, even if it wasn't the original mission. There were people that were actually sealed inside that. It says there were two yeah. missions between 1991 and 1994 sealed biospherians inside the glass enclosure to measure survivability. Nice. The original one had some weird people involved in it too. I think. Oh right, you looked it up and there was there was some like weird connections all through for this movie and like the actual biosphere. Oh yeah. I'll just read this from Wikipedia. On April 1st, 1994, a severe dispute within the management team led to the ousting of the on-site management by federal marshals certifying a restraining order and the financier Ed Bass hired Steve Bannon, the manager of Bannon & Co. Investment Company Banking, to run Biosphere Ventures. So it eventually was run by Steve Bannon, which is... So that makes it a little more sus. I'm going to have a link in our description for this episode to the Biosphere 2 site because it is really cool. It's yeah. a neat little like scientific thing. And I like science. It's fun. The idea of it is really cool. What they were going for is really neat because I think eventually it would be nice to have some fucking space travel. Mm -hmm. We have all of this sci-fi. Let's make it sci-fi. Like sci-fact. Sci-fact. <laughs> sci <-fi. laughs> sci Let's make some sci-fact. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new Lilithism for the merch. Yeah. <laughs> give me science or give me death. <laughs> We should be researching ways to go out into the wild black yonder. 
fair. There's so much more to learn. Put money back into science. Just a suggestion. Did you have any other thoughts on Biodome, Brittany? Really, to sum it up for me, I just fucking hate this movie. I remember seeing it once as like a teenager and I didn't like it, but I didn't remember anything really about it to remember why I didn't like it. So I was down to do it again, but now I remember why I didn't like it. (laughs) The big thing is it just was gross. It didn't really entertain me. The characters were irredeemable. The production value was pretty low overall. It had a great cast, though. Most stepdad was gross, too. Yeah. Forgot about most stepdad. Yeah, he was Yeah, he was was hella gross. Overall, there was a great cast, except for the main two, because obviously I'm not a big fan of Polly Shore or Stephen Baldwin. I don't think they're great actors. I do think Polly Shore, you know, is more of a gimmick that people like to cast in roles because of his voice and his party dude mentality, especially in the early 90s. The soundtrack for the movie was a 10 out of 10. Tenacious D being in there is freaking awesome. So, I mean, that's a 10 out of 10 there. But as far as the movie entertainment value, I give it like a 1 out of 10 because besides chuckling at a few off-the-wall jokes, it just wasn't funny to me. I wasn't even entertained. Would you give it negative points out of 666? I mean, on that scale, we'll give it a negative 666 out of 666. (laughs) (laughs) Lilith, do you want to rate your shame? Mm, Yeah. The only thing I have in here that I didn't mention that I wanted to was how I liked that they used sapiens as an insult. (laughs) A lot. Yeah. And I just thought it was funny. It didn't make sense. (laughs) It's silly because they're all sapiens. Literally, they're all sapiens. Mm -hmm. So calling somebody a sapien is just funny to me. It would make more sense if it was coming from a being that was not a sapien. But they're all sapiens. So the fact that they're calling people sapiens as an insult is just funny to me. Yeah, because they just straight up didn't know. Yeah, because they don't know what it means. Yeah. It was originally used by Bug Guy. Romulus. His name was Romulus. Yes, he was so good. Yeah. It was originally used by Bug Guy Romulus. He's an entomologist. He likes the bugs. Interacting with other humans, he kind of just deals with because he just wants to chill with his bugs and that's all he wants out of life. But then they just sort of repeat what he said. Yeah. But it makes less sense for other people because they're more social people and he's the bug guy. Yeah. I like how the Great Chipmunk Fire of 79 is a thing for whatever reason. And I like that other people knew about it. Didn't the scientists know about it yeah it was a fire and i can't remember if it was in butter doyle's garage but like a chipmunk yeah. ate a bunch of something and exploded and caused a garage fire yeah and it is so well known that people just know it as the great chipmunk fire of 79 yeah they kind of may have caused it but it was funny seeing other people mention it and they're just like mm, let's not yeah. let them know that it was <laughs> Yeah. The Biodome fuck uppery was kind of part two of the Great Chipmunk Fire of 79. I mean, yeah. It is not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. I am not going to pretend that it is. I would say it's maybe like a 215 out of 666. I was going to say like 150. Yeah. The movie was not good. It was not good. It's not even mid. It's not. It's not. (laughs) straight trash. It is straight garbage. Everyone who has heard that we're doing this for an episode and that we're watching it has said, I'm sorry, or why are you doing that? They have. They're like, why are you subjecting yourself to this? Because it was requested. Because in episode one, wasn't it episode one? I think it was episode one. We fucking talked about how Lilith would just fucking rent this from Blockbuster non-fucking-stop. And somebody (laughs) was like, hey, taking requests, you gotta do Biodome now. And here we fucking are. (laughs) 
here we are. Months later, finally did it. Yeah, we put it off because we knew it was going to be pain. Yeah, I did get some level of entertainment out of it just for the sheer fact of how fucking off the wall it is. And there is always something crazy going on. It helped that we watched it together. Yeah, we had moral support at the time. Right. Brittany had no moral support. You watched it with me. Oh, okay. We were dunking on that movie together. They okay, also so- hated it a lot. Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you had somebody to dunk on it with while watching it. Listen, the only thing that redeemed it for me was the fact that there was a smackerel of science and that they had by references. Yeah, and a smackerel of Tenacious D. Yeah. I did love my smackerel of Tenacious D. I do love a good smackerel of the D. Yeah! <laughs> Same! <laughs> Can we make that a t-shirt? I'd wear that all the time. Smackerel of the D? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I'd wear that. I would. I'd wear it. Can I get the Smackerel of the D? (laughs) We need people to want to buy merch for us to open (laughs) merch or else we're just making t-shirts for ourselves, which... That's fine. I had a t-shirt idea. Maybe we'll do that anyway. You have a cricket. I have a t-shirt press. We can do this. (laughs) By our powers combined, (laughs) we can make shit posts into reality <laughs> IRL shit posts that's what we are yeah do you have any other thoughts I mean um, not really if we get super technical with stuff the movie just felt cheap right even the animals looked cheap nothing about that felt like a good budget movie I mean it, it probably wasn't it probably it was. wasn't but you know usually when you get even cheap movies they hold a certain charm or like they're able to fake it till they make it and one of the examples like you know disney original movies right oh yeah they have no budget disney gives them a shoestring and is like have fun with it and they turn out bangers like halloween town with practical effects it's goofy but it's cute and it works yeah (laughs) i had like a huge crush on ryan merriman as a kid that starred in a lot of those disney original movies so like i was watching what was it like smart house love Mm -hmm. smart and just like that was a good one Like, I've watched it recently. I liked the rollerblading one. Brink. Brink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to marry this man. I was so in love. Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior. Oh, I really love good. it. Oh, my God. Yeah. You don't understand. I'm a Disney sequel apologist, but I'm also a Disney original movie connoisseur. Listen to my TED Talk about can of worms. I fucking love <laughs> can of worms. Fucking it's love so can good. of worms. It is one of the best ones. The whole time we were talking, I was thinking, I want to bring up can of worms <laughs> Because it's my favorite. Fucking love Can of Worms. So good. It's still good. I watched it the other day. It's still. You did? Ah, yeah. The acting's a little hokey, but it's still. Mm, I love it. <laughs> just get on Disney Plus and just start watching Disney Originals. It's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was thinking about doing that at some point. The one that Ryan Merriman was in that I was getting real spicy about was uh, one of the mermaid ones. Oh, I think he was. I'm a- trying to remember because it can't be 13th year because that was a different guy. I'm pulling as him up the right main. now. Yeah. Trying to remember what other mermaid one there was. <laughs> I gotta look it up because I have to know now. He was in Luck of the Irish. He was in Luck of the Irish. Oh, yeah. He starred in a lot of the movies. A Ring of Endless Light. <laughs> that one! Which was probably where he was the oldest before getting into his adult roles. Actual movies, yeah. yeah. Not Disney original. Yeah. He starts getting into, like, adult movies and adult roles and stuff like that after that. So, like, that's probably why I was really about because he was like probably 17 or like he might have even been 18 at that point. Mature. 
gentlemen. We grew up with that kid. Yeah. Yeah. Man. But yeah, that's just what I mean. Like, you can have low budget movies and they work it. They yeah. work the budget and you get something pretty good. And I will yeah. say, like, during this time back in the 90s, there were a lot of stupid buddy movies that were just not good that just were cranked out a lot because they were easy to popular. make. People would watch them. People would spend money on it. They weren't good. There was a lot of really good movies before that time. So I will say more that there was still a lot of cranking out of bad stuff back then, but because there were less things being cranked out, because less movies were being made at once, I think. Because now there's a lot more movies that are being made in general that are coming out all the time, I think. And they're not So good. there was less to choose they're from. Good. More original. Well, like, nothing is original. Yeah. I feel like in the 90s we had some good shit, though, right? Because we had Clueless, we had Goodwill Hunting, you know, we had Schindler's List, we had Sense and Sensibility, you know, all of that fun stuff for weddings and a funeral, which I think was a remake, The Silence of the Lambs. Mm. The Truman Show was in the 90s. Yeah. I believe, oh. right? I so, thought it was like, like the early 2000s, but... That might be on the border. Let me yeah. let me Google it to make sure. There were definitely good movies that were made back then. 1998. Uh, it's a 90s movie. Oh, okay. Nice. So towards the end. Yeah. So there were definitely good movies, but I think that there was less stuff being released and even less stuff being released into theaters. So I think it was just people didn't have much to choose from and a lot of these companies just kind of took advantage of it then again like i said there's always going to be shit movies oh yeah and there's yeah. always going to be I, people that like the shit movies too yes even if they don't like it they will spend money to watch it once or something but now like, yeah. you don't even have to necessarily want to spend money on it to watch a bad movie because they can just pop up on prime like hey, netflix that's or, my shame. Or <laughs> prime is some of the worst i love horrible sci-fi movies show me a horrible sci-fi movie about sharks and i'm in sharks of the corn beautiful love it horrible movie worst movie i've ever fucking seen loved it Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have the... standards for my horrible movies because they have to be a very specific <laughs> genre and they have to be very specific on how they're handled. I like Vampire Resurrection. Yes. It, <laughs> it's my favorite thing because it's like watching The Room, but they're trying to be serious. That's my favorite is when it is trying to be good and it's just so fucking bad. bad. It is so bad. Yeah. I own it because I bought yeah, it from Amazon it. Prime. Yeah, so we should watch it for an episode sometime. <laughs> really bad. I thought that the rise of computer graphics and stuff like that and things like looking better now and it being so easy for things to look good now would mean that camp would be dead. Camp is not dead. Cocaine bear is awesome. Slaughterhouse? I haven't seen Slaughter House, but Cocaine Bear was great. It was fully campy. The graphics were pretty decent for what it is. Camp isn't dead. Like so. Velocipaster? <laughs> we need to watch that. <laughs> I fucking love Velocipaster. I need to watch Thanks Killing. I love the Sharktopus trilogy. You watched all three? Trilogy? <laughs> trilogy, yes. I fucking love them. <laughs> there isn't just one. <laughs> no. There's Sharktopus, Sharktopus versus Terracuda, and Sharktopus versus Werewolf. Oh my god. And I've watched them multiple times, and I fucking love them. <laughs> This is my Roman Empire. It's <laughs> shitty shark movies. Every time I see a shark movie now, I think of you. <laughs> Good. Like, maybe I should send you this to see if you've seen it yet or not. Probably have. Yeah. Probably have. <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel like it wouldn't be one of our podcast episodes if we didn't get this fucking derailed. It happens, yeah. but it's also slightly related because we were talking about bad movies and budgets, and it falls under that category. Yeah. 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 What was the budget of Biodome? Did we look that up? No, I don't think we did. Uh, a budget of 8.5 million. Jesus! Let me see what a good movie was at the same year. Let's see. Movies that came out in 96. There were some good ones. I think Goodwill Hunting falls under that. Did it come out in 96? I don't know. 100%. Joe's apartment. Let's see what Joe's apartment 97 was Goodwill Hunting. I was off by a year. The cockroach movie? I fucking love Joe's apartment. (laughs) (laughs) I don't hate it. It's a similar type of movie where it's like a. This one's entertaining. It's. I'm entertained by Joe's apartment. It's not good, but it's fun. Joe's apartment had CG in it, so if the budget is lower on it and they somehow made it work, the budget was higher. <laughs> it's oh, BD Wong was in Joe's apartment. I didn't remember that. Okay, budget was 13 million. Okay, so you know, let me see if there's a movie that doesn't have. You know what? The Craft. How about The Craft? I love The Craft. Craft is good. It's a good movie. There's no CG in it. Did that come out in '96? I just looked up movies that were released in '96 and it oh okay so So that came up gotcha let's see okay so the craft had a budget of 6.7 million it had a lower budget it used it better yeah the craft was amazing the craft was really good they had a better budget and somehow and somehow did worse (laughs) then again the craft is absolutely a feminist movie its theming is better from the start so it kind of starts from a better place at the very least because they're trying to make something that says something I was trying to think about what Biodome is really trying to say and i don't think that it really had a message per se because I, like, I feel like i gave it the benefit of the doubt saying that they were trying to say that even though we fucked up the planet real bad we can still fix it that was the most generous take i think on- listen if anybody finds something <laughs> nice to say about this level of trash it's gonna be me it's gonna be me yeah yeah for sure i don't like to hurt people's feelings but that works i didn't even think about that whenever they got to that point it didn't really occur to me to factor in like it is the more charitable take than just saying that there was nothing redeeming about it that the project just wasn't going to have anything to do with anything after that so there was something i think and it's yeah. because back in the 90s they still had hope that they could fix the environment yeah now we're just like everything's on fire and it sucks yeah, yeah it's progressed to the point that you don't kind of have that hope anymore because it's all you can do is just what you do individually that's all you're able to control we're millennials we have no fucking idea what hope is <laughs> hope what is that it's really disheartening when you're doing your absolute best and you see zero from it yeah and that's just kind of where we're at right now kind of no matter what you do you're not gonna see the impact yeah and back then they didn't believe it <laughs> you know back yeah. then they still believed that they could fix shit yeah we got told our whole lives that things would matter and we grew up and realized that that wasn't the case because all of the people that told us that things would matter yoinked up all the ladders that actually made that true yeah. <laughs> so so it's no longer true because the fucking boomers right well i think we've talked enough about biodome <laughs> i'm tired of biodome i'm it's, ready to it, move on to the next one yeah <laughs> we're never gonna think about this movie again <laughs> I'm definitely not. (laughs) Lilith might be spending the weekend going, oh, yes, let's watch some more Biodome. (laughs) We did not have fun watching this. No, No. I'm not going to. I might question my life choices. Fair. Yeah, no. (laughs) It's definitely gotten enough of our time. Yeah, because like there were a couple little smackerels of entertainment, entertainment, but uh, (laughs) it was really bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, it just wasn't enough to make up for it. Yeah. Is that merciful lunch bell ringing yet? Oh, yeah. I think I hear it. I yep. think it's time yeah. to bust our trays. I'm ready. <laughs> yep. I'm ready to leave. <laughs> <laughs> running out on fire. <laughs> like the feral man running into the desert. <laughs> yes, that is us <laughs> running away from this movie. <laughs> Naruto running? Yes. <laughs> I'm Naruto running away. I'm gonna be the next Hokage. <laughs> so- oh my god. Well, it's all next time. Bye. 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 We don't talk about bio. Don't, no, no. 